excited about preaching today. I think Reverend Bill Unger did a great job last week. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, he is now in California. So I don't know, is it two or three hours difference? Maybe he's watching on live stream. Thank you, Pastor Bill, for a great word uh, last week. We really do appreciate it. But anyway, take your Bible and turn with me to 1 Peter. We're back in 1 Peter, uh, which we will be until the duration. Uh, no time limit set. But 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, we're going to read verses 3 through 5. So why don't we stand together and let's read the word of God today. <sighs> Hallelujah. First Peter 1, verses 3, 4, and 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, bless this message. Lord, help me to deliver it the way you want, O God. And Lord, be glorified. Be, be pleased with the proclamation of your word today. And uh, may your Holy Spirit speak through me, Lord, in a powerful way. And may everyone who hears this, either now, in-house, or on live stream, or later in the week, or later in the year, or whenever, that the Spirit of God would use this message and touch somebody's heart in a very powerful way. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So last week, or two weeks ago, uh, we were in verses 1 and 2. And uh, the title of that message was uh, Christian Greetings. And there we, we talked about a few things and kind of summarized verses 1 and 2 by saying that we, as, as Peter knew his role as an apostle, verse number 1, we also need to discover our role, our purpose, our giftings, and figure out where we fit in the body of Christ. We talked about how uh, he was addressing the pilgrims, those that travel lightly through life, we need to travel lightly through this life and get ready for the next life on the other side. Amen. Uh, and then we need to know our election by God. Uh, now that needs a little explanation if you missed it, but God knows who are his. God knows who will say yes to the invitation. When we say yes, we become the elect, but everyone is invited to become the elect. So know your election. In other words, make sure that you're saved. Make sure that you know that you know that you're saved. And there's ways to find that out. And then uh, as verse 2 ends, uh, we said pursue grace and pursue peace. This is the Christian way to pursue grace and peace. So verse 3, 4, and 5, I've entitled the message today, Our Living Hope. And remember that this is penned by our dear friend, our mentor, our spokesman for all who say and do things impulsively. Can I get a witness? Our dear friend, Simon Peter, the one who would often do things a little unconventional, but he's speaking, he's writing this, he's speaking to us. Uh, he was one of the original 12 apostles, one of the three closest to Jesus. There was Peter and the two brothers, James and John. He's a brother of Andrew. And uh, we'll see as we go along in First and Second Peter, 
several examples of Jesus's life that Peter was privy to uh, are alluded to in his writings. Uh, personally, uh, I feel like I, I feel like we know Peter a little bit. He's one of the well-known apostles. I mean, we all know something about Peter, uh, how he made some blunders or whatever, but also how he made some great strides with the Lord. Uh, he was an eyewitness, um, and I, I love I love uh, going through this epistle. So um, today we're going to go as we normally do, verse by verse. I want to get right into it this morning. And after that, we're going to, I'm going to give you three ideas of what you can do with the living hope that's inside of you. So I'll give you three things to think about once we get there. So verse number, verse number, um, uh, let's see. Well, verse number two, by the way, we see a little glimpse of the Trinity. Have you noticed that? Did you notice that uh, two weeks ago that the Father is at work, the Spirit is at work, and the Son is at work? It doesn't say Trinity, but it alludes to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working uh, among uh, those that are being saved, those that come to the Lord. So when we became saved, whenever we accepted Jesus, guess what? The Father was calling us, the Spirit was there providing, and the blood of Jesus was there to forgive us. It was the, the triune nature of God was at work, and we were saved by, the, by God in all of His fullness and all of His glory. But the first thing that Peter says is, in verse number three, after the greeting, is blessed be God, our Father. Blessed, praise be to God. Celebrate God, our Father, who has mercy. And not just, let me emphasize this, not just a little bit of mercy. He's got abundant mercy. Can I get an amen? When I came to the Lord, I didn't need a little bit. I needed a whole lot. And God still has a whole lot of mercy to give to those that turned in. But he's saying, praise be to God, the Father, who has abundant mercy for us. As I started the service this morning, that little truth is reason to get into the house of God and worship God. Because he has shown mercy to each and every one of us. Let me go a little bit more with this. Some people say that his, this great attribute of God, this attribute of mercy, is his greatest attribute. I think it might be his greatest attribute. Spurgeon said this, according to EnduringWord.com, Spurgeon said, there's no other attribute that could be effective without mercy. For instance, without mercy, God's justice would condemn us. Without mercy, God's holiness would frown upon us. Without mercy, his power would crush us. Without mercy, his truth would confirm the threats of the law upon us. Without mercy, the wrath of God would fulfill his sovereignty. But mercy allows us to have relationship with God, a holy, righteous, powerful, almighty God. His mercy allows us to say, yes, Lord, I need you. I love you. And mercy allows us to feel his love back. I love that. I could preach on that for a little while. But praise, blessing, celebration to God for the abundant mercy that he gives to us. Lamentations chapter 3, it says that if we, if we didn't have God's mercy, we would be consumed by his righteousness. Let that sink in. His mercy is everything for us. His mercy allows us to come into his holy presence. He loves us that much to give us his mercy and his grace Hallelujah. I have a little comment in my notes. The comment is, wow. 
Wow, God's mercy. God's mercy has allowed us to get up today and get into the house of God. Come on. Those of you on live stream, it's God's mercy that got you on the live stream today so that you could worship with us and hear the word of God. But it says that in verse number three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, let that sink in. Bless God. Bless God. Give glory to God. Give honor to God. Give place to the Lord for his mercy. So it says, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. That's a way of saying, by his mercy, he has caused us to be, guess what? Born again. John 3, 3, you must be born again. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Sins are forgiven. Guilt has been cleared. Shame is gone. The old heart is replaced by a new heart. The old disposition. Come on now. Don't be nudging your spouse or your friend. You know who, you know it's you. It's all of us. We all have a disposition. Don't, don't be, I'm not the only one. We all have it. You know my theory about children. I see it manifesting in our youngest granddaughter. The first two years of life are glorious. Hallelujah. They have the glory of God on. After two, two or three years, the glory begins to dissipate a little bit. And then, then, then you see the real fallen nature come out. But, but uh, God, 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 gives us, God gives us, you know, an opportunity here to be born again. He's begotten us again. He's changed us by the blood of Jesus. And, and it goes on. This, this verse is incredible. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, thank you, Lord, who uh, has begotten us again, caused us to be born again to a, not a dead hope, not a dead church, not a dead word, not dead. What do you think happened during worship today? There was life in that worship today. The spirit of God is moving in that worship today. Come on. He has brought us, make us born again to a living hope. A living hope. Hallelujah. I see a couple of things here. I see a couple of things. Uh, This living hope. It's the only true hope. It's the only imperishable hope. Spurgeon says this, that the, the hope in God, the living hope, all other worldly hope will fail us. Come on. Back in the day, I had a lot of hope, a lot of confidence that one day I was going to be a famous. Well, first of all, I was going to be the next shortstop on the New York Yankees. That didn't last too long. (laughs) Then I was going to be a great songwriter. And I had a little success in writing songs and music. I put all my hope in the music business. It, It left me after a couple of years. It left me so broken and discouraged. There's no hope in the world. Spurgeon said that. The boast of the proud will fail. I ha- and I love Muhammad Ali. I-, I love him. But even the greatest met the greatest one day. And he wasn't so great after that. But any award, any plaque, any trophy, any newspaper clipping we may have, they all fade in time. There's only one true, real hope. It's the hope in Christ that's greater than The stars and the galaxy that Pastor Bill so eloquently spoke about last Sunday. God is greater than all of creation. He made creation. 
There's hope in the creator of creation. Hallelujah. 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 And uh, so verse number three, that blessed be the Lord and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gives us abundant mercy, who has begotten us, makes us born again to a living hope. Before Christ in our lives, tell me if I'm not, not, not wrong here, if I'm not right here. There was no hope. I mean, there might have been a little hope, but that we have a living hope in us. When things happen, we could trust God to either bless it or to bail us out. Come on. We have a living hope. We have a living God at work. You ever notice that, that Christians have a living faith? I'd I, I look at it this way. When, a, when someone comes to Christ, the light goes on. You know, you see something. You see something in someone's eyes, in someone's spirit. You could tell there's something going on. There's a life in there that wasn't there before. There's a living purpose. There's a living eternity. Praise is alive. Preaching is alive. Teaching is alive. Reading and meditate on the word of God brings a, a, a sense of life and hope and purpose to our souls and to our spirit. The scripture says that the word of God is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. Hallelujah. So verse number three, he says, he says, uh, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's our cornerstone right there. Jesus is alive. So when we receive him, we receive a living savior. Come on. We don't serve a dead Savior. We serve a risen, living Savior. And right here, right here, I have a feeling right here for Peter, it got personal. It got real personal. Peter was at that last supper. You know the story. I'll never deny you, Lord. You want to wash my, no, don't wash my, wash all of me, whatever. No, I'll never deny you. That night he denied Jesus three times. He wept, he cried, he was broken. He was messed up. He was a coward. He was fearful. He knew on the next day, on that Friday, that Jesus was going to the cross. He knew that the whole town was in an uproar. Peter and the rest were hiding. Only John was there. Peter was hiding, hearing the screams of people, the yelling, the, the anguish going on, the, the, the uncertainty in the city. Every, everything was messed up. He hid while Jesus was being nailed to the cross. So Thursday he denied. Friday came. Friday night came. Peter's hiding. Saturday, Saturday night. On the, on the third day, on that Sunday, you know the story. I won't go into the whole story, but Mary Magdalene went to the tomb first. And she came running to the disciples. He, he's not here. They, they took his body. We don't know where he is. And, and it was Peter and John that ran to the tomb. John got there first. Peter comes in a little bit later. But Peter runs into the tomb, sees the cloth lying there neatly, the handkerchief. And Jesus is not there. And Peter goes back and he waits. And for 40 days, Jesus came and appeared to many, many people, many times, teaching them, revealing his glory, preparing the disciples for what was going to happen next when he ascended into glory. 40 days. And at the end of that time, he met with Peter. You know what happened? Peter, Peter, do you love me? Oh, yeah, 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 Lord, I love you. Feed my lambs. Okay. 
Peter, do you love me? Yeah, 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 Lord, yeah, I told you, yeah, I, I love you. Feed my lambs. A little bit of time. Peter, do you love me? Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. And right there, I don't know, it sounds like those three opportunities counteracted the three denials before. That's just like Jesus. He gives us an opportunity to make things right. And for Peter's credit, he got things right. And what that means is, Peter, I'm giving you, of all the people, I'm giving you, Peter, the responsibility to feed my lambs, feed the new believers, feed the children, give, give people the word of God. And then I'm going to ask you, Peter, feed my sheep, feed the leaders, feed the adults in the, in, the, in the church, feed those that are leading others. In other words, Peter, you're the man right now. So Peter knows the power of the resurrection on the day of Pentecost. Right. So 40 days went by. Peter was there seeing Jesus go up into the sky with an angel's proclamation. Why do you look like that at him? He's coming back the same way he left. Ten days go by. The day of Pentecost comes. Boom. The Holy Spirit comes. Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, receiving the power from on high. And it was Peter now who begins preaching on that day. And that day, 3,000 souls got saved. He was preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I saw when he when I read this in verse number three, we're begotten again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think he's talking about himself. He knows the power of God. He he has been saved. He has been delivered. He's been set free to be the man of God that God called him to be. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So. Peter knew this story. He knew exactly what he was talking about. And he, he knows that every, every true believer, that's what, the word that came this morning during worship, by the way, that's not an accident. Somebody needs to get right. I don't know, that's my feeling. Somebody needs to get right with God. But every true believer has a living hope within them. And you know that you know that you know that you're saved or not saved. So verse number four, it says, so verse number three, let me just say it one more time. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's great. But he has, he has begotten us uh, to a living hope, to an inheritance, to an inheritance. Uh, here's the inheritance. We receive God. You know, some of us have an inheritance when someone passes away in the family, we receive money or belongings or whatever. But when we come to Christ, we receive an inheritance. The inheritance is God. (laughs) Come on, 1 Corinthians 6. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells within you. You realize that? We are the temple of the, we receive God. That's our inheritance. And there's there's, uh, many examples. Uh, I won't share all of them, but in the Old Testament, we have a story of Aaron in Numbers 18. The Lord said to Aaron, I am your portion. I am your inheritance. We see that David said in Psalm 16, speaking to the Lord, he said, Lord, you are my portion. You are my inheritance and you are my cup. 
Paul said to the Romans in Romans uh, eight seventeen, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We have God with us. We have, uh, you know, we have a father. We can call ourselves sons and daughters of the most high God. Yes. See, the inheritance starts now. I can remember Pamela when we got saved. Whew, things were happening in the spirit. I knew something was different. I knew something was different. I didn't know it then, but then I, re- I, well, I knew I received God, but I didn't know what it meant. All I knew is that my home, my life was different now. That's all I knew. I received God in my life. God, and I kept thinking, God, you love me? And I kept thinking that, look, you love me because I, I know how I am. And don't say, yeah, you know how, do you know how you are too? We're all in the same boat. <laughs> we all have a problem. We all have a problem. But we all have a solution. <sighs> where am I? I don't even know where I am. We're sons and daughters. And we also have a future inheritance on the other side. Like the song says, everyone wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. (laughs) Rapture. (laughs) There is is another way. I'll settle for rapture, but there's only one way. That's through the blood of Jesus. Jesus. Good works are are good. Zeal's good. Kindness is great, but it won't get you to heaven. Inheritance. Hebrews 12 tells us that we've come to the general assembly and church of the firstborn registered in heaven. I love that analogy. When we said yes to Jesus, something happened in the spiritual realm. Our names are now registered in glory, waiting for our time to go there. Isn't that cool? That's just a cool thought. Romans chapter 8 says that we groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting the redemption of our body. See, right now our soul is redeemed, our spirit's redeemed, but we're waiting for the redemption of our body. Can I get it? I'm not the only one here, am I? I mean, sometimes, oh my goodness, I don't know, I just want to stay in bed, but we're waiting for that redemption. But look at verse number 4. We have an inheritance that's incorruptible, imperishable. It can't decay, it can't go bad like fruits and vegetables or food. It can't vanish. It can't disappear. It's indestructible. It's unchanging and it's eternal. Amen. If you get an inheritance on this earth, sooner or later that's going to be used up. This, there's no end. This doesn't fade. It doesn't get used up. There's no ending to it. If we receive Jesus at the age of 20, for example... And we die at the age of 95. That same inheritance is ours at the end. The same one is at the end that was at the beginning. I would encourage everyone, stay in love with Jesus. Stay in need of Jesus. Don't think you've arrived, because you haven't. None of us have arrived. Every now and then, oh, we went to that wedding last week, my niece. There were some people from our old church there. They said, hey, Pastor Rick, remember you used to talk about that perfect section? I said, yeah, I do the same thing in Haverhill. (laughs) He goes, no one ever said it in that perfect section, did they? I said, nope, and they didn't in Haverhill either. And if anyone thinks you can sit in the perfect section, we're going to have to have a conversation. There's no no perfect, you know, none of us are perfect. We're all 
you know, stay in love with Jesus. Stay in love with Jesus. Let me, so I was 26 when I received Jesus. Now I'm 72. I need Jesus more now than I did then. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. He keeps me. The inheritance is the same. But it says that the inheritance is undefiled. I would say it's undefiable. It won't fade away. It's guaranteed. It's constant. It's a rock. It's stable. It's good. It's holy. It's solid. It's above everything. It never changes. The first century, Peter had it. Those believers in the first century, they had this inheritance. We have it now. And all the saints of God from then until now have this inheritance. This is our Christian faith. And it says in verse number four, this is reserved for you in heaven. But I would say it's effective now and meaningful now, but you won't get the whole thing until you get to the other side. Turn with me if you would. I'm going to ask you to go to another place. Colossians chapter one. I'll give you 10 seconds. Colossians 1, verses 3 through 6. I want to show you something that's really important. When we have this living hope in us, things happen. Colossians 1, verse 3. says, We give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the world of, in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it also uh, has come in all the world, bringing forth fruit. Just stop right there. What he's saying is, we're praying for you, we're rejoicing for you. The hope, the living hope that's in you has caused you to have faith and caused you to love the brethren. I, I want to encourage everyone. You have this living hope in you. It is about you. It is about the individual, but it's also about the body of Christ. We all have this living hope in us. And because we have this living hope in us, we can have faith. We could encourage one another. We could bless each other. We could love each other. We could go on in our lives with the Lord. So anyway, so verse number three, we have an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. You who are kept by the power of God. This is another thing I wanted to bring out here. We see another little picture of the Trinity at work here. In verse number three, we see the the Father. Um, We see Jesus Christ being raised. We see the Son at work. But in verse verse number five, we're being kept by the power of God. The power of God is the Holy Spirit. We see God at work in us, working in us. Uh, so those, those begotten to a living hope are kept by the power of God. And uh, uh, this is a great situation for us to be in. Remember, we are, we are saved from God's grace and our faith. And now we're kept by God's power and our faith. So it's really important to keep our faith good and healthy and holy. Let me just say something real quickly here. We are saved 2 Timothy 1.9. We are saved. But we are being saved. 1 Corinthians 1.18. The cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it's the power of God unto salvation. And we will be saved. Romans 5.9 says we will be saved from the wrath to come. 
So we're saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. It's an ever-present faith. But we're, verse number five, we're kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. There's a little picture, a little hint here of the rapture of the church. God will keep us by his power and our faith mingled together. His power and our faith will keep us until uh, the, the, the salvation comes that will be revealed in the last time. And what that means is when Jesus comes back, we are out of here saved from the wrath to come. Amen. Man, that's a powerful statement right there. All right. I'm going to have to go a little quickly here. Ecclesiastes 3.11 tells us that God has put eternity in the human heart. You ever wonder what makes us different than every other creature out there? We have eternity in our heart. We have God's breath in our spirit. And until that need is met by the living Savior, we will be floundering around through this life. It's a living hope. It's available for everybody. Do you want it? Do you, do you realize you need that living hope? So I want to give you three things. I'm going to go quickly here because I don't want to keep you too long. Well, I do want to keep you long, but I won't. But I, I want to, but I want to be considerate. <laughs> At least I think I will be. I may, maybe I'll change my mind in five minutes. It's always, you know, well, the three things, easy things to remember. Number one is this, this living hope. What do we do with this living hope? Number one, numero uno, appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate this living hope. John three sixteen. this living hope comes because God sent his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You know Jesus came to die. It cost a lot. His death and resurrection, his ascension, Sending forth the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. I, I want to ask you, do, do you remember, can you articulate your salvation story? Because I think if you can, you, you're appreciating it. In other words, is it, is it there? I mean, like, is it there like at the drop of a hat? Is it there to pull out when you need to share your testimony? Do you appreciate the living hope that's within you? Let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. Romans 6.14, you, we who have this living hope, sin shall not have dominion over us. Man, do you appreciate that? Sin will not have dominion over us. We have a living hope. We better appreciate that. We can't say, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, 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 we can do it. We were more than conquerors. We sang this morning, we see a victory coming. We, we need to appreciate what God has done for us. We who have living hope, sin uh, will no longer have dominion over us. Because we're not under law, we're under grace. Hebrews 13, 5, beautiful scripture. The Lord Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. Somebody say amen. You may be having a rough time. You may think God left you. He didn't leave you. He's trying to grow you or mature you or test you in some way. He's right there with you. The scripture says he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's just the way that it is. He said the same thing throughout the Bible to Jacob. He said, I'm with you. 
uh, I will keep you and I will never leave you. To Joshua, he said, uh, I, will never, I will keep you and never leave you. I will not forsake you. Solomon, he said the same thing. The poor and needy in Isaiah 41, I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. I will provide for you. Matthew 28, Jesus said, look, I'm going away. I'm going away, but I will be with you to the end of time. The Spirit of God will be with you no matter what you do. Lamentations 3.23 says that the, the mercy of God is still available today. Do we appreciate that? I think that's one we should really appreciate. Without his mercy, we would be consumed. 1 John 1.9, do we appreciate the fact that even though we're, we belong to Jesus, you know, if we confess our sins as Christian people, he's still faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I just want to throw it out there. We need to appreciate what God has done for us. That might be manifested in different ways. Obedience to the word would be a good place to start. Going to church, worshiping God, praying all those basic things. But just do you appreciate when you go to bed at night, you say, thank you, Lord. If I die in my sleep, I'm going to wake up in glory. Hallelujah. Do you appreciate what God has done for you? Amen. Here's number two. All right. All right. Here's number two. Nurture it. Nurture it. Nurture this living hope within you. What do I mean by that? Well, in 2 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7, we won't go there. I'll just tell you. It says that we have this treasure of salvation, living hope in earthen vessels. In other words, I don't need to tell you, but we have this great spiritual awakening. We're still people on earth. We're still dealing with our flesh. We're still dealing with a fallen world. We're still dealing with the human condition that's filled with complications and contradictions and problems. So he says, you know, you have this treasure in earthen vessels. So I, I think what, what the Lord is saying, protect that treasure. Nurture that treasure. Feed it. Help it grow. Help it grow. And real quickly, 2 Timothy 2.22, most people know the first part of this verse. Flee youthful lusts. We all got that. But a lot of people don't know the second part of that verse. Pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace with those who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. In other words, run away from sin, but run towards the righteous. Run with the righteous. This is how we nurture our faith. We run with people of like faith and like passion. We flee youthful lust, absolutely, but now we run towards the things of God. Hebrews 3.13 says, uh, exhort and encourage one another daily. That's an important word. As long as it is called today, lest um, your heart be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. In other words, if you sin and you have, have, have a bad heart or a bad attitude or bad whatever, and you don't, you don't fellowship with the saints and deal with that issue, that sin could, could come and control you and go from bad to worse. We've seen it for years in the body of Christ. Someone has a little gripe or a little grudge and, and they don't deal with it. And it becomes a monster in their heart. Now they're mad at God. They're mad at the pastor. They're mad at the church. And they'll never come back to that place again. And the Lord is saying, that's just, that's exactly what you're not supposed to do. But exhort one another, encourage one another. If someone has a problem, don't condemn them. Love them. Love them back to life. Pray with them. 
and really pray with them and then pray when you're alone, pray for them. How about James 5, 16? This is a verse no one really likes, if, if there is such a thing. Confess your sins to one another. No. Nope, not me. That's personal. That's what the word says. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Don't leave that part out. A lot of people leave that part out. So that you might be healed. Oh. Oh, you mean I have a, I have a problem. Yeah, yeah. You got to get some healing going on in your spirit. So all that to say, you know, nurture your, your living hope. Do what the Bible says to do. You know, share your faith, share your struggles. Get with the body of Christ, grow in your faith. Here's number three. If we, we who have the living hope, we are really called to share it. Verse number five, you know, we're covered, right? We're covered, right? He's keeping us through faith, the power of God through faith, ready to be revealed in the last. We're ready. We're, we're covered. What about our good friend? What about our relative? What about our family that aren't ready? I, I'm so glad my friend Lenny shared his living hope with me many years ago. He told me in a way I could understand. Rick, man, you got to get right with Jesus. Yeah, that's my famous line, but it's true. But we, we, we are called to share our faith. Somebody's salvation may depend on it. Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said to Peter and Andrew and James and John, the fishermen, I will make you fishers of men. And so it is with all of us. We're all fishers of men and women and teenagers and children. Psalm 96 says, declare his glory to the nations. Declare his wonders to all the people. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall become my witnesses. Whether you knew it or not, when you said yes to Jesus, when you signed up, I didn't know it. I found out when I signed up with the Lord, I was registered to be a witness for God. I needed to tell somebody. I didn't know that until about a year down the road. But someone said, you should tell somebody about your faith. Why do I have to do that? Well, it's good for you. It's good for them. You can reach people that the pastor can never reach, etc., etc. So we need to share with somebody. You have a testimony? Share it. You've had a miracle in your life? Tell somebody. Maybe the Lord will lead you to lead somebody to Jesus. And you're saying right now, oh, I could never do that. Can I tell you something? Yes, you can. And yes, you must. Real quick, real quick. Write this down if you need it or listen to the thing later. Romans 3, 23. Tell, tell, tell somebody, all are sinners, all are sinners. You're a sinner, I'm a sinner. We're all done. We're all sinners. Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death. We all should be doomed to hell. That's it. End of story. Romans 6, 23, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. There's a gift available for us. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we're, by grace we've been saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough for it. You just receive it. Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Revelation 3, 20, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door. And I, I love telling people that. Why do you think we're having this conversation? The Lord is knocking on the door of your heart. 
He's not going to bust the door down. He's going to wait for you to open up your heart to receive him. Are you ready to receive him? And sometimes people say, yeah. And then I say, let's pray. And we pray. And they, they repeat after me even. I still, do what, I still do what Lenny did for me. I repeat, I say it, and then they repeat. That's what happened to me. I didn't know how to pray. But maybe the Lord will lead you to share your faith and lead someone to the Lord. Listen, you've got a living hope. Somebody, guaranteed, somebody in your life needs to know what you have. And it may be the most unlikely person. Keep your eyes open. Keep your spirit open. Listen to what the Lord is saying. Don't hit somebody over the head with your Bible. That's not it. That'll never work. You communicate. You love. You demonstrate God's love by doing good things. You have patience. You wait. And you just bring them to the Lord when the Lord you know, moves on you to do so. So in summary, in conclusion, our living hope. We need to appreciate it. We need to nurture it. We need to share it. And I would suggest that you start today to do that. Can we stand together? I, I, I found this translation of uh, 1 Peter 1, three from The Passion. Anyone know The Passion? It's good. I, don't, I never preached from it, but I like the way this verse is worded. I want you to read it with me if you can. This is the word of God. This is what we're talking about today, the living hope. So repeat with me. Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy. Can we hold it right there? Can we say that one more time? Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Wow. That is a powerful scripture. I want to read it one more time. Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 1.3. Okay, before we close out in prayer, earlier this morning, there was some activity going on. There was a response to what God was doing. The word that was given, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I wonder if there's anybody here that feels like you need to say, that was for me. During that time, I either received Christ or I made things right with Christ. Anyone want to own up to that moment? Anyone like that at all? <laughs> Thank you. Two sisters up here in the front. Thank you for that. Anybody else? Well, I'm going to ask you. Okay, back there. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. All right. Four people. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So before we close out, every head bowed for just a moment. Man, it's like, you know, keep your eyes closed. Let me just talk to you. That would be like, like us receiving these beautiful eggs and not eating them. <laughs> There's a gift. 
there's a living hope. Man, it's right there. All we need to do is receive it. Oh, but Lord, I'm, I'm too busy. I got to do this. I got to do that. I, I, I. No, the Lord is saying, I, I got this for you. Jesus died for this to happen. This is your time. You don't know what's going to happen today or tomorrow. This is your time. Personally, how I wish I was, you know, a child when I received Jesus. Could have saved me a lot of heartache, but such is life. It's never too early. It's never too late. Is there anyone, one more time, I need to receive Jesus today. Let Jesus know. Lord, that's me. Lord, that's me. Come on, raise your hand if that's you. Lord, I need Jesus today. Yes. I'm going to pray on behalf of all of, all of us. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we want to say to you, we believe in you. We believe in what we just read in your word, that our Father God sent the Son to save us. He, the, the Son gave his life to purchase our salvation. And the Spirit of God, wrapped up in that working, is the power that brings us to the place of repentance and the place of keeping. So Lord, with those that raise their hands, maybe some are timid, but Lord, if anyone here has come to that place, we, we say to you, Lord, we believe in you. We believe in you, God. We believe that you sent your son to die in our place. We believe that, Jesus, you died on the cross. You rose from the dead. You ascended into glory. We believe, Lord, that without a doubt, there is new life when we put our faith and trust in you. And right now, we do that. Lord, for some, it's a brand spanking new commitment. For others, it's a refreshing commitment. It's a, it's a refresher, uh, a refreshing commitment. Uh, um, idea or a refreshing act. We're renewing our faith and trust in you. So Lord, we receive you as Lord and Savior. We receive the living hope. And so Lord, help us now to appreciate it. Help us now, Lord, to nurture it. And Lord, really help us to share this with somebody in our lives that needs to know you in a personal way. So we give you thanks and we give you praise. Father, I pray your blessing over everyone here, everyone on the live stream, everyone that will watch this later. Let this word touch lives and change lives by the glory of God. We thank you for it. And in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, the altars are open if anyone needs a time to pray. Uh, Pamela and I will meet you by the door, but there's coffee and some snacks available as well. Join us on the live stream tonight at 6, live stream only. God bless you.